the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The purpose of Christ's redemptive work is to set believers free from everything that enslaves us. That we might be free to serve and enjoy God in Christ. That is the assertion. Christ set us free for freedom. Freedom, it all is based on your perspective, I guess. You could be free for the weekend at 5 o'clock Friday, or you could be free from slavery, set free to live a life free of bondage. Today, we'll take a look at a spiritual freedom and what it means to be free in Christ and the purpose that Christ has set us free. Well, that is all on the table today as we close the week out here on Abounding Grace. Won't you join us? From Reformed Heritage Church in San Jose, here's Pastor Gary Wagner and this edition of Abounding Grace. He says, you want to be recognized by God? You want to be accepted by God? All right, he says, accept my words, what I write while under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit as on par with as the same nature as the commandments of God himself. If you think you're spiritual, if you think you're a prophet, if you want to be recognized by God and be accepted with him, you must recognize, says Paul, the divine authority of what I write. And if you don't recognize that divine authority of what I write, you will not be recognized by God as his child. Now, those are strong words. And the point is that Paul is saying as clearly as he can possibly say that he is fully and humbly conscious of his infallible and divine authority as apostle of Jesus Christ. He's every every right to speak like this because he is, in fact, a true apostle invested in his office by Christ himself. Therefore, Paul received his gospel from Christ, the Son of God, and that means that Paul's gospel is God's gospel. The only true good news from God about God. Presenting us with God's one way of finding acceptance into his favorable presence in the gospel that Paul wrote down in the Bible. And so we believe it as the very word of God. As Paul said in his letter to the Thessalonica Christians. And for this reason, we also constantly thank God that when you received from us, he and the other apostles, the word of God's message, you accepted it not as the word of men, but for what it really is, the word of God, which also performs its work in you who believe. So how do you know that your gospel is the true one? If it is not in strict accord with the gospel that Paul wrote in his apostles, in his epistles that we've talked about now for weeks, it is a false gospel. 
And if you pronounce a curse on anyone else's head for the gospel they preach, if your gospel is out of accord with the gospel of sovereign grace and the regenerative power of God and the apostle Paul, that curse will come back on your own head to haunt you for the rest of your life. Be careful about praying the imprecatory psalms. Oh, do pray them, but be careful. Be careful about calling down God's judgment on false teachers because there are people who do it all over this land in fundamentalist, reformed, evangelical churches as well as liberal churches who are false teachers themselves. How do you know your gospel is the right one? Make sure it is the gospel of Paul, of Jesus, of Isaiah, of Moses, of the living God. So then why is the freedom believers have because of Christ so precious? Why is it so valuable, so vitally important that Paul tells us to resist any tampering of it, to refuse to tolerate any mixture of human merit in the, this gospel of grace? Why is it so important? And the answer to the question, as we will see today and next Sunday, is that the conflict between salvation by human merit and salvation by human achievement, which gets you nowhere, the conflict between self-justification, making things right with God on your own, by doing enough things to impress Him, and salvation by God's unmerited grace through faith in Christ alone, is an all-or-nothing conflict in which there can be not the slightest compromise, not the slightest blending, not the slightest synthesis, not the slightest giving in on one, on either party or else. The viewpoint collapses, and he makes it clear in this passage. A good title for this sermon could have actually been All or Nothing. Paul says, understand the nature of the Bible. Understand the nature of Christianity. Understand the nature of man's religions, man's attempts to get to God. In this instance, man's religions and man's attempts to God are no different than God's way of getting to himself. Because, you see, both are all or nothing propositions. If you're going to try and get to God by doing enough right things to earn his favor, then you've got to do it every second of your life from the moment you were conceived to the moment you die. You have got to offer God absolute sinless perfection when you stand before him. It is all or nothing. You may not lie. You may not commit adultery. You may not blaspheme God. You must pay all of your debts. You must worship God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. And you may never worship God in any way he has not prescribed in his word. You must keep his day holy. You must always honor your parents. You must not steal. You may not kill. You may not bear false witness against your neighbor. You may not covet anything of anyone else. And there, is, there may be no infractions. Not one. It is all or nothing. And then he says, when it comes to Christianity... It is all or nothing. It's not a little bit of grace 
and a little bit of merit. It's not like you received Christ so that you can get enough strength to earn points with God. There is no merit. It is all or nothing. You rest upon Christ alone for salvation. Salvation was planned in eternity past by Almighty God. He determined how he would save sinners. He determined that, he would be in, that it would be in Christ and what sinners would be saved. 2,000 years ago, he sent his son to the cross to die to accomplish eternal salvation for everyone upon whom he bestowed his love and his grace in eternity past. He accomplished all of the benefits for the beneficiaries of that death before any of us today were even born. And then he sends the Holy Spirit into our spiritually dead, rebellious lives when we were running from him as fast as we could. And the Holy Spirit chased us down. And he changed our hearts while we were still sinners. And all we contributed was our rebellion. He didn't come into our lives because we decided to follow Jesus. He didn't come into our lives because we asked Jesus into our heart. He didn't cause us to be born again because we did this or that right. We were in rebellion against God, incapable of doing anything to please Him. And by sovereign grace, He snatched us out of darkness and out of the fires of eternal death. And He saved us before we had any strength whatsoever to do anything that is pleasing to Him. It is all or nothing. And if what we see in evangelicalism and fundamentalism says, you must do this one little thing before God will regenerate you and change your life. You say, brother, you've got to go the whole hog. Forget Christ. Forget Christianity. Forget everything. If you say you must earn salvation by one act on your part, before God can do anything. I tell you, you have left Christ altogether. It is all or nothing. It is a gospel of sovereign grace, or it is no gospel at all. It is circumcision, or it is Christ. It is law, or it is grace as a way of salvation. It is obedience in order to make points with God, or it is by faith in Christ alone. It is everything of Christ, or it is nothing at all. And most of Christianity today thinks it offers the gospel, but it offers nothing but vanity. If you choose the road of self-justification, you must leave Christ and the redemptive provision of the new covenant, and you must proceed with total obedience to total law or be cursed forever by that law. If you choose Christ as God's gracious provision for your sin, and if you rest in His merits alone for your salvation, it must be total faith in total Christ with no thought whatsoever of merit and achievement on your part. It is all or nothing. So Paul says, if these false teachers require circumcision or various rituals and regulations as a prerequisite for salvation, 
you might as well go all the way and be castrated. For it is an all or nothing proposition. If someone requires merit as the way of salvation, he will have to be nothing less than sinfully perfect all of his life from cradle to grave or be cursed by God in hell forever. For it is all or nothing. It is all by sovereign grace or it is nothing. To interject human merit and human achievement into the gospel and freedom in Christ is impossible. Nothing but the pure gospel of sovereign grace and the regenerative power of God in Christ revealed in Scripture has ever saved anyone from hell. No synthetic gospel, whether taught by liberals or conservatives, no synthetic gospel can save anyone from the flames of hell, nor has it ever. It is only this one gospel of God himself, of grace through faith in Christ alone, that has the power to save sinners. Therefore, as Paul says, since it was for freedom that Christ set us free, let us then keep standing firm and do not subject ourselves to a yoke of slavery. Now, that was my introduction, beloved. <laughs> my sermon is on verse 1. But I don't want you to get all anxious because we're going to go into this again next Sunday. But I'm going to begin today. Galatians 5.1. This is why Paul got so excited about anyone who would try to assault or twist or pervert the gospel of Christ. Because he was excited about freedom. He was excited about the freedom that Jesus Christ alone accomplished for his people. Notice the verse one as an assertion and a command in it. It was for freedom that Christ set us free. Therefore, keep standing firm and do not be subject again to a yoke of slavery. So, what is the assertion? It is that the purpose of Christ's redemptive work is to set believers free from everything that enslaves us, that we might be free to serve and enjoy God in Christ. That is the assertion. Christ set us free for freedom. If you were to put it into one word, why did Jesus die on the cross? Why he accomplished our eternal redemption by the grace of God? Why justification is by grace through faith in Christ alone, based upon what he has done in our place, not by the works of the law? That one word is freedom from anything that enslaves us. People don't, today don't know what freedom is. When they hear God talk about freedom, they think it means the freedom to do as I please. Freedom from all outside restraints upon my life. Freedom from anyone telling me what to do outside of my own mind and my own experience. When the Bible talks about freedom, the Lord Jesus Christ died to procure for us. He, it, he did not do so to turn your freedom into an opportunity for the flesh. But that through love, we serve one another. Freedom is not the freedom to do as you please. It is not the freedom to do whatever you want. When the Bible says that the Lord Jesus Christ died on the cross for the purpose of freedom, it is telling us two things, because biblical freedom has two sides to it. Remember these two words. 
Whenever you think of the word freedom, think of the words deliverance and empowerment. To say it was for freedom that Christ set us free is to say that he died on the cross to deliver us from certain things, and he died on the cross to empower us to live in a certain way. Notice it was Christ. It was Christ alone that set us free. It doesn't say here that Christ helped us to set ourselves free. He doesn't say that we helped Christ to set us free. He doesn't say that he made freedom possible if we just sort of complete the whole thing. It says Christ set us free for freedom, and he did it all by himself, without any cooperation or contribution on our part, while we were still in our chains, totally incapable of doing anything about our condition. While we were fully in love with our chains, Christ set us free for freedom. You and I didn't help him. You and I contributed nothing. Why? Because we were dead in our trespasses and sins. And while we were still slaves of Satan, incapable of redeeming our situation, Christ alone set us free. Where do we put human works in that? Think about it. Where do we put human merit? Where do we put a human decision? Where do you put anything of man in this statement, Christ set us free for freedom? All glory and all honor goes to him, none to us. The Bible pictures this in a variety of ways. But I'm going to read to you today Isaiah 63. And I want you to notice the emphasis of the first five verses. You don't need to turn there, but you can if you'd like. Isaiah 63, the first five verses. Who is this who comes from Edom with his garments of crimson from Basra? This one who is majestic in his apparel, marching in the greatness of his strength. It is I who speak in righteousness, mighty to save. Why is your apparel red and your garments like the one who treads in the winepress? I have trodden the wine trough alone and from the people's There was no man with me. I also trod them in my anger and trampled them in my wrath, and their blood is sprinkled on my garments, and I stained all my remnant. For the day of vengeance was in my heart, and my year of redemption has come. And I looked, and there was no one to help, and I was astonished that there was no one to uphold. So my own arm brought salvation to me, and my wrath upheld me. What a picture! Edom is the land of the enemy. And here is someone in Israel looking out over the land of the enemy at the horizon. And he sees a lone figure, one man. And this man is coming close. He's dressed like a king. But his royal robes are covered in blood. And he asks the man, why are your royal robes covered in blood? The man answers, this is the blood of my enemies. I did it all myself. A single man coming from the horizon. It is Christ. It is a picture of Christ. A single man. There's no big army. There's no church to be found. 
It is Christ alone that comes from the horizon, having defeated all of our enemies and accomplished our deliverance. Their blood is splattered on his garments. And we are nowhere to be found. He did it all by himself. We contributed nothing. Or as the gospel records of the sufferings and trials and crucifixion of Jesus says so poignantly. Then all the disciples left him and fled. And on the cross was one man. Christ and Christ alone set us free for freedom. And it is only in Christ that we can have this freedom. There's no freedom outside of Christ. Therefore, Paul says, keep standing firm and do not be subject again to a yoke of slavery. Or be resolute and steadfast and resisting every attempt by anyone to place you back into slavery to man, to sin, to the law as principle of salvation by human merit. Never hold any opinion that is inconsistent with this fundamental fact that Christ alone set us free without our help, without our merit, without anything from us whatsoever. The point is that Christ did not help us set ourselves free. And we did not help him set us free. He alone set us free while we, we're still in our chains, unable to set ourselves free. In fact, we were in love with those chains. So persevere, brothers, against all attempts on the part of anyone to enslave and load down your consciousness with man's flattering opinions and doctrines that originate with men. Be as a vigilant soldier on the field of battle, offering unyielding and courageous resistance to all the enemies of the gospel until they are all defeated. Let no one rob you of your freedom in Christ. Allow no one but Christ, speaking in his written word, to govern your conscience. Trust in none but Christ for eternal life with God. Don't let anyone load you down with traditions and rituals and regulations and doctrines that originated with men, making you feel duty-bound to obey. Don't ever go back under bondage once Christ has set you free. And hear Jesus calling you this very day through this feeble minister of the gospel. Come unto me, all you who are heavy, who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and lean on me, for I am meek, and you shall find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy, and my freedom is light. It is all or nothing. The yoke of bondage to sin or the easy yoke to Christ. Which will it be for you? Remember this last thing. Everyone is someone's slave. Don't ever think you are your own man or your own woman as if you set the course of your own life. You are either a slave of Satan who lets you live in the illusion that you run your own life but actually energizes you. Or you have been set free from that slavery and you have been made a slave of Jesus Christ. And when you become a slave of Jesus Christ, you will find for the first time in your life 
what real freedom is. Let the words of Augustine ring in your ears that he said 1,600 years ago. You are not free until you have been freed, and only Christ can set you free. Amen. And that'll bring us to the end of our time today here on Abounding Grace with our teacher and pastor Gary Wagner from Reformed Heritage Church in San Jose. Thank you for joining us today. It's our hope and prayer that we've been able to encourage you in Christ and stimulate your walk in Him. To address questions, comments, prayer requests, or concerns, please call or write to us. We'd love to talk with you. 408-866-5607 is our phone number, 408-866-5607. You're also welcome to visit our website. Drop us an email when you do, reformedheritage.org. Real simple, reformedheritage.org. A lot of information there about who we are. We would invite you again to stop by, reformedheritage.org. Or if you're writing to us, the address is PMB, post mailbox, 402, and the address is 1484 Pollard Road, Los Gatos, California, 95032. That address can be found on our website, reformedheritage.org, or again, simply call 408-866-5607. Copies of today's program are just $5. Mention today's date, and we'll get a CD out to you. And please remember that we are listener-supported, which means when you link arms with us financially, we're able to continue the ministry here on this station. It's a great way to study God's Word together, isn't it? And we'd love to continue to do so. Would you prayerfully consider how God might be leading you to partner with us? We'd love to hear from you. Again, won't you call 408-866-5607 or reformedheritage.org. Sunday services, by the way, if you'd like to join us, are 2 in the afternoon. We're located at Lone Hill Church, 5055 Lone Hill Road in Los Gatos. Directions can be found at our website, reformedheritage.org. Again, Sunday services are at 2 p.m. Further information can be found again at reformedheritage.org or by calling 408-866-5607. Thank you for joining us. Until next time, God bless. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.